Good morning, everybody. My name is uh, Jessica Seeley. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, um, I am the children's pastor here at Shelbyville Community Church. And um, yeah, I've had the privilege of getting to be here um, a little over six years now. And um, I just love your kids. I love our families here. And um, I love the fact that we actually get a chance to talk to you a little bit about our heart for family ministry and God's heart for family ministry for our church and how that plays into your own homes and also here. So I know for some of you uh, coming in, you're like, well, I don't have kids or um, don't have kids yet, or my kids have moved out, or I'm a grandparent and my kids don't live with me. This message is going to be for everybody. Um, students in the room, it's also for you too, uh, because you're going to have an opportunity to see what God's heart is for us sharing the good news about who Jesus is generation to generation. Yeah, so you guys can thank my wife at some point if you know her and see her because last service I got in a dancing mood uh, because of these songs that we have this morning. And I looked at her and I go, I want to dance like David. And if you don't know what that means, in the Bible there's a moment where David just wants to straight up worship God. And he's dancing in the street, but he's only in his underwear. So she stopped me and said no. So... I, I started Thank going you, there Christy. in my head this service, and I heard my wife say no. So uh, you can all thank her for that later. If you I did her. for you during first yeah, service. Yeah. I'm thankful for you, too. <laughs> but anyways, hey, we're, we're glad to be here with you this morning for all seriousness at the same time, though. And this is the beauty. God has a message for all of us. And God wants to teach all of us, and God wants to show all of us who he is and his love for us, but he also loves us so much that we're going to see like in the text today, he doesn't just call us to love him, he shows us how. Yeah, so um, as we're looking at our world right now and we're looking at the generations that are coming up, um, one of the things that we're noticing uh, in seminary right now and also just in a lot of the different um, yeah, just the different surveys and things that are going on in our nation is that there was a time where when you would ask somebody, do you believe in God or not? And they would check, yes, I believe in God or no, I'm an atheist. And what we're actually seeing now is this new generation that's coming up and the numbers are quite high on where they're choosing none. N-O-N-E. That means they don't believe in anything. They don't believe in God, a good God. They don't believe even in a bad God. They don't believe in an enemy. And that's the generation that's, that's coming up. And we have to ask ourselves, okay, so why? Like, where, where did that go? Like, I know for me growing up, I grew up in church. I had the opportunity to have a lot of loving adults speak into my life. Um, but even the friends that I had that didn't go to church still knew who God was um, for the most part. And now we've got this generation that's coming up considered the nuns. And there, there's this window that we're finding, it's called the four to 14 window, where that is the time where we need to be speaking life into our kids and showing them the good news of Jesus. Because that four to 14 window is so vital for kids uh, coming up to know who Jesus is. 
Um, it's not that you can't come to know Jesus later on in life. There's a lot of you in this room that have maybe made that decision to follow Jesus later on in your journey. Um, but it's, it's more of an uphill battle at that point. It's kind of like pushing a boulder up the hill. And so what does that mean for us, like as a church? Like, is that the church's responsibility to fix? Is that our job as the student pastor and the children's pastor of the church to, um, you know, push the boulder up the hill and, and make things happen? Is it the parents' fault? Like, do we blame the parents? Do we blame the education system? Do we blame grandparents? And it's not a matter of blame, but what we're going to read about today in the text is that God is very clear on what we can do to make sure that we are speaking life into the next generation so that they know who he is. And why is he important to you? And why is he important to me? Yeah, we don't want to miss this factor. I mean, you got our kids pastor up here and you got the student pastor up here. And it's easy to look at this moment and go, okay, yeah, there's the age bracket. That's not where we're going today. Mm -hmm. We wanted Mike to be here today with us, Pastor Mike, but unfortunately his wife has COVID and so he couldn't make it today. Um, and so we got that text at 8.30 last night. Uh, so we had to readjust real fast for today. Uh, but the heart was that you would see this is for all ages, no matter where you fit, no matter where you belong. Because here's the ultimate truth. We all have families. We're all of a family unit, right? Like we all have siblings or parents or grandparents or step-parents or whatever that family unit's title. But here's the thing we don't want to miss when we talk. We are a family. SEC is a family. And so that's why we want to come away with this today is not just you figuring out this for your unit family, whatever that looks like for you, but how do we do this together as SEC family? And that's why we wanted Mike here, and we're going to talk about that later today, about groups. That is one way we get to live this out as a family. And if you don't feel that, our prayer is that in some way, shape, or form, you'll know that and feel that like so many already have. Yeah, and so one of the things we've been discussing um, as, you know, through this, the last couple of years, we've been talking about all in and all in on families and family ministry. And um, I know this week we were talking a lot, uh, you and I and Mike, about our mission and our vision of SEC. And I'm pretty sure we've got a picture of how excited you are about. Yeah, I'm super yes. excited. Yes. <laughs> right? You're excited about those things. Yeah, that wasn't supposed to go up, by the way. I know, Mike did that. Mike did You're that. welcome. He's not here, so Mike, <laughs> we see you. Yeah, Mike's watching online. Um, so our mission here is we want to grow radical disciples who love and lead like Jesus. And that includes our kids, that includes our students, and that includes you, everybody in this room. You're one of God's kids. And so we want to make sure that we're equipping you to be a disciple that makes a disciple, right? And our vision is to be that, where we're a disciple-making church that brings hope and healing into our community. And so what does that look like to use our time, talent, and treasure to pull that all together? And what does that look like when we look through the Old Testament and the New Testament, where we look in Deuteronomy in the Old Testament of God's covenant with his people, and then you look at what Jesus did by dying on the cross in that new covenant uh, that, that applies to all of us today, and how does that, does that look? And so um, kind of like what Lee was saying, our goal for today is for you to realize that you're part of a family, and it's bigger than you. It's way bigger than you. Um, and that God is in the center of all of that. And that if you're sitting in his will, which we're going to see of what that looks like, um, you can't go wrong. And so um, I'm excited about diving into the text today. We're going to be in Deuteronomy. Um, Lee, would you be willing to pray um, just as we go into reading our scripture today? Yeah. 
God, we thank you for today. We thank you that we can be here today. We thank, that, thank you that we can sing to you today. God, we thank you that you love us so much you give us your word. But you even love us so much that you don't just give us your word. A lot of times throughout the Bible, you help us know how to live it or what that looks like to live it. And so even today, you do that in this text. And so thank you for that. So God, just help us hear this truth today. Help us take it in, but also help us to live it. In your name, amen. Yeah, so I want to kind of give you some background because I think a lot of times it's easy to study a text and go, okay, how do we get to here? I mean, think about this. You're here today because of the history of SCC, right? Like all those that came before us that entered this building or where it was previously. The church has a history because of all that was. And so Israel has a history to get them to where we're at and we're going to talk about today. And so here's this idea. If you want to open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6, that's where we're actually going to be today. But it goes all the way back actually to the book of Genesis. Deuteronomy is the fifth book of this whole history type thing that we have called the Pentateuch. And it starts actually back in Genesis where a faithful servant named Abraham begins. And he has so much faith that God says, because of this, you will be blessed and all the people around you will be blessed, all the people that know you will be blessed, all the people that want to be a part of your family, physically and spiritually will be blessed. But there's some stuff coming down the road that's not going to be so fun for your family because why? Because we don't always obey God. And so in that, we have this journey through time from Abraham to a place called Egypt. And at Egypt, this is where this group of people, this family Abraham, becomes slaves. And they're under the control of the Egyptian leadership for 400 years. And they're crying out to God, praying to God, asking for help from God, saving from God. And that's when God brings a guy named Moses in. And God uses Moses in a mighty, mighty way to help the people of Israel. And so he does. He goes up against the Pharaoh, the king, uh, technically, I'm not trying to be cheesy here, in his eyes, the king of kings, the ruler of all, the god of the earth, right, is what the Egyptian pharaohs always believed. And for those of us that have read the story or know the story, God wins. And thus he frees these people from their rule, takes them on this journey. The sad part is, even though they have all that, they cry out to God and go save us, he does. They still have moments of disbelief. So they're on this journey through the wilderness, it's called, and they're trying to figure out this stuff. And then that's where we get to, to our text today. This is where Moses is going, okay... Here's what it means to be Israel. Here's what it means to be the people of God. Here's what it means to do this if you're going to do it. And it's interesting, if you look at the text right before this text, it's Deuteronomy chapter 5, and it's actually what we call the Ten Commandments. And the heart behind the Ten Commandments is very simple. It's really literally, how do you love me as your God, and how do you relate to other people? So all ten of those things that we come into play are literally all about how do you relate to God and how do you relate to people. And now Moses is going to step in and go, okay, now that you know this and you've heard all these other things, now I'm going to step in and I'm going to show you. 
You know what? Um, so Mike, one of the things he loves to do, <clears throat> and he's not here to actually do it, is to show you all a map. So I get the honor of, of showing you the map of where we're talking about today. So um, you can see the red dot. That's where we're talking about. This is where God's people are at. Um, and this is where we start having this conversation about what is it that God expects from his people because he loves them so much and what he expects of us to do with his kids, um, his, everybody else that's around him. Yeah, so let's read. Sorry, in verse 1. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. I like this phrase in here. I have the NIV, and it says, so that. So a lot of times in the Bible, authors will use certain words to go, hey, look before, learn from this, whatever. But this is a, hey, I'm sharing all this so that something will happen. Okay? And that so that is that you may enjoy life. Anybody ever live outside God's will in your life? Same as the last service. Like, most of the people don't want to admit it that at some point we have not lived in God's will, right? Yeah, so if we're just being honest, you don't have to be, I guess. <laughs> you know. I love you, I'm teasing. Sort of. But... But we have all lived outside of God's will at some point in our life. We've all disobeyed him. And we know in those moments, if we really feel it, there's not a lot of joy, right? There's not a lot of enjoying life, if we're really being honest, for those that have experienced it and know it. But on the other hand, we know for those of us that have lived in his will, yield the joy that you can't feel anywhere else. He loves you that much. He actually cares for you that much, even though it feels like a bunch of rules and negative and all this stuff. He actually loves you so much that he's like, I'm actually doing this not just for any fun. I'm doing this because I actually know what it means to enjoy life, and I want that for you. And so he says here, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in the land, flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. But he doesn't stop there. Now we're going to get to this word here. And so I'm not going to do it because I get kind of teased because I have a bolsterous voice that kind of goes loud. And I don't want to do that to the people on their TV or tablets or whatever and blow whatever speakers they have on those up. So I'm not going to yell the word here, even though that's the idea. When he, he says this, this isn't a quiet like, hey, hear this. It's like, I'm going to get your attention. You cannot miss this. Hear this kind of moment. Okay? So don't miss it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So, and I added that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Basically, folks, love him with literally everything we are. There's no second. There's no anything else. Everything else flows out of us literally loving God with everything we are. 
If you're wondering about your time or treasures or talents, don't worry about that. Worry about loving God. And he'll help you and he'll guide you to figure those things out. Because all that flows out of us giving everything to God and loving God with everything we are. Yeah, I was talking to um, a couple of high schoolers recently where they're discussing like where they're going to go with college, right? They're, everybody's asking that big question, what are you going to do with your whole life? And they're 18 and their brains aren't fully developed yet. And it's just a lot, like it's a lot of pressure to put on somebody like, what are you going to do for your whole life? And um, I had a conversation where, <clears throat> excuse me, where we were talking about how they were so worried about messing God's will up and they were messing up like God's plan for them. And I just encourage them, it's exactly this. Um, this is God's plan for you, is he wants you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And if you're doing that and you're living in obedience to that, everything else falls into place. Um, a lot of times we can worry so much about the details, but if we forget and we miss this part where God's like, are you really loving God with every part of yourself? And if you can sit here today and you're like, mm, there's a spot like in my heart that I, I don't know if I'm loving God with, how I'm treating my marriage. I don't know how I'm loving God with loving my grandkids, or I don't know if I'm loving God fully with um, the words that I say, you know, at work or whatever. Any of those things that are on your heart, um, that might be something you need to really look at and go, okay, God, like, how do I love you better in that? So love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then when you go through um, the next several verses, um, it kind of talks about why and like what are we supposed to do with that. So he gives us um, kind of like a rundown of what does it actually mean to do this with like kind of what Lee was saying, like with your whole life and your whole being. So in verse six, this is where it starts. It says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. So we're supposed to read it and we're supposed to memorize it and we're supposed to have it on our hearts, ready to use. When something is on your heart, you own it, right? It's something that you actually like take grasp of and like, I, I own this, okay? And then number, verse seven says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And so when you read that, it's all the time. When you get up in the morning, I know most of you on Monday morning, you guys get up and it's, oh, it's another week and it's just hard. What would it look like for you tomorrow morning to go to God first and say, okay, God, who can I add value to today? Um, we had an opportunity to listen to the Global Leadership Summit where a leader was talking about that very thing where every morning they wake up and they go, how can I add value to somebody today? It might be as simple as that. Or maybe there's somebody you need to pray for. Or maybe there's somebody that you need to text or something like that. But when you get up in the morning, how are you trying to put God first before your feet even hit the ground? And impress them with your children. Talk with them when you're in the Dunkin' Donuts, you know, drive through lane that takes 80 years right now. Like, talk to your kids about Jesus. You got time because you're in Dunkin' Donuts line, right? You guys know, I see you guys in the back where you guys are like, yes, I know. Um, it's just that season right now. But we've got a lot of opportunities sometimes where we're having to wait and we're having to wait in line or be patient or whatever, finding time to actually talk to your kids about these things. And then um, it goes on to talk about tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. 
this sounds a little bit silly, but in this time period, what they would do is they'd do exactly that. They would actually have scripture tied to their bodies and tied to their door frames. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. So as you're reading through this, not only are we given the command of love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your strength, how you do that is by living it out in your everyday life, everywhere you go, and sharing it with those that you're doing life with, your family. Um, that could be your family in your home. It could be your work family. Um, for those high schoolers in here, I know that you guys have friends that you consider like family. You guys are like brother and sister, like they are like your family. Or um, there's some adults in here, you've got more students in your home right now because they all come to your house to eat your food. Um, where, where's an opportunity that you can speak Jesus into them when you've got students in your home or you've got, you're playing sports with you know, your kids and going to sporting events? Um, it literally is as simple as love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, just in the everyday things that you're doing. There's not this special um, thing you have to do to be able to share that with other people. And I know we were talking a little bit about how easy that is today to even do that. And you had some ideas um, when it comes to like the phone and also just in your own home. So would you be willing to share a little bit about what that looks like for you? Yeah, I mean, so... I, we, we shared this before, like our fear as pastors sometimes is sharing stuff and making it look like we're better or more knowledgeable or like whatever. And that's not our heart at all, you know. But so yesterday I was at home and I, I followed Toby Mack, who's a Christian singer on Instagram. And he every almost every day shares a really cool graphic to kind of encourage you or share a word from the Lord or whatever. And, and this one popped up yesterday and I was sharing it with my wife. And it says this, just hold on. God knows what he's doing. And I was like, man, I don't, God, I knew I already used Toby Mac, but I was like, there are just moments that, like, he shares these graphics. I'm like, God, I can't miss you right now. Uh, this was for me. And so I showed my wife, Christy, well, my oldest, he loves to know what I'm showing. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, this isn't for you to see on my phone. Sometimes it's just for mommy. Um, but this time it was like God just instantly impressed on my heart, share it with him. And so I did. I, I showed him the graphic, you know, and I said, can you read that? So he's in first grade. He's trying to learn. He's learning how to read. And I said, he goes, yeah, I can read that. And I said, well, why don't you read it? And he, go, and he read it. He said, just hold on. God knows what he's doing. And I said, hey, buddy, do you know what that means? He goes, no. And I said, well, here's the truth. I'm impatient. Like, learn from your daddy. I'm impatient. I want things to be my way and my time. And I don't always want to wait on God. Even if I know a truth from God, I don't always want to wait on his timing. Because we know this, right? He's still working things out for his good and his glory. But I want it my way and my time. And I think I'm right. So I need to learn how not to play God and let God be God. And I said, and here's what. So I need to hold on. I need to learn to be patient. But he knows what he's doing, and that tells me I can trust him. And I said, buddy, you can trust him with your life. I, with all my heart, believe that, and I want that for you too. I want you to trust him with your life. I want you to trust him through circumstances in your life. Because you can. Yeah, and another way that, you know, we can get involved, so some of you are maybe don't have kids right now in your home, and um, you're like, okay, I, I love that idea. You can apply this to yourself. What does that actually look like 
to live that out generationally. And so that's the beautiful part of partnering with the church. So it isn't just like our job, you know, as the children's pastor and student pastor to um, feed your kids spiritually. Like, it's just not our job only. Now, we love doing it. Um, I absolutely love getting to hang out with your kids, and I love sharing Jesus with them. I firmly believe they do not have a junior Holy Spirit. They serve the same God that you and I do, and they deserve not only to have biblical knowledge about Jesus, but also biblical wisdom. Um, that's just my heart. I could, like, I feel on fire even sharing that. Like, it's exciting for me. Um, but at the same time, it's a partnership um, as a church. And so we have to be able to come alongside you as the parents and grandparents and, and those that are watching over kids, those that are teachers, those that are coaches. Um, and it doesn't even have to be little kids. Um, I know there are several adults in here that are mentors to me that literally have prayed for me this week and have called and said, hey, hon, how are you doing? How can I be praying for you? Um, and they're older than me. Um, they would kill me if I told you their age, so I'm not going to do it. Um, but they're, they're older and wiser than me, and they've been following Jesus a long time, and they've been able to speak life into me because I don't always have it all together. Um, I've got young kids, too, and even as the children's pastor, I don't have it all figured out on how to disciple my, my kids. I'm still learning and trying to figure out what that, what that looks like, especially because all of our kids are different. Everybody in this room that has a kid, you know that even the kids in your home are different. Like, you have to treat them differently. You discipline differently. You educate differently. You speak to them differently. One of them you can look at, and they start crying. The other one, you can give them the fear of God, and they just, they don't move. Like, they're, they're solid. They're not going anywhere. They're staying right there. And there's nothing you can do just to, to move them. Um, you guys understand that. And so, we are like that even as God's kids. God knows what you need to know to learn from him. And so we need each other. We need community to figure out, okay, what does that look like for, you know, so-and-so to come into my group and how can I help them learn more about Jesus? Maybe it's they need to write scripture on post-it note cards or maybe they need to have it in their car or maybe you need just a full list of worship songs that just are going to speak to your heart for this season. Um, that's where community is needed. That's where I think with COVID and everything else, we've gotten ourselves so isolated and it's kind of hard to get like pulled back together and challenge one another in that iron sharpening iron again, um, especially when fear is in play and fear we know is from the enemy, right? Mm -hmm. And so as we're getting, you know, things together for small groups, I want to challenge you. It's a time to grow. It's a time for us to start getting um, back together again and start figuring out what this looks like, but doing it safely and doing it in a way that honors you and honors your family. Um, but as you're looking through this and you're looking through this text, um, one of the things I will also say is looking at other families and going, okay, how are they doing it? Um, there's a family here at the church that they used to tell me they would post um, scripture all over their home just like, just have it in different places. And so that encouraged me as a mom to want to do that. Um, maybe that doesn't work for you. Um, if you are older and you're, or even like high school, high schoolers, you guys, everybody thinks you guys are the coolest thing. I'm finally past the spot of cool in kids ministry. It's a very sad thing. I can wear glitter shoes. I can do the whole thing. I'm past cool because I'm past 30. So I need you as high school students that love Jesus to come in and talk to the, the kids about who Jesus is to you. Um, you guys have the ability to teach kids about Jesus. Um, all of us that are past that cool factor, um, all of us need you. <laughs> um, my age group needs you. Our high schoolers need you. Identity is probably one of the toughest things that we're coming up against 
as a church um, with our kids and our students of them just trying to figure out who God has called them to be. And we need godly people to come in and say, no, this is who Jesus says you are, sweetie. Like, this is, this is who you are. Um, and so we need you to come in and help with our student ministry, our kids' ministries, um, helping out with, like, Celebrate Recovery. We're doing teenage recovery um, over at the bridge. We need you. If you've experienced those things or you have a heart for kids that are hurting and broken, they need you over at the bridge uh, to be speaking life into our students over there too. And so um, it's going to take a group effort of all of us coming together and using our time, our talent, and our treasures to be able to do exactly kind of what Deuteronomy is talking about, where we're loving the Lord your God with all of our heart, our soul, and our strengths. Are we doing that as a church? And then are we impressing them on that next generation so we don't have this next generation of nuns in our community? Um, right now, 87% of our community is unchurched. We got some work to do. Like, we've, we've just got some work to do. We've got people that we need to be meeting and talking to. And so my heart for you today is that you would actually take that and go, okay, what is my next step? Because I know that was one of the things you and I talked about, Lee, was um, sometimes we can go into this and say, like, well, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't have a student ministry going to Winter Jam and, like, rocking out to Skillet and all that. Like, I didn't have that growing up. So what does that look like for somebody uh, that has never experienced that, in your opinion? Yeah, I, I think I had an advantage in the sense that I had that with my mother. Like, my mom was this example, and because of that, I get to be that for my boys, you know. You know? And so for, for those of us that are like, I haven't had that, what do I do? I, I think what you do is you just start today. Be faithful today. Like, hear this and live it out today. You don't have to have technically an example. You have the greatest example, if we're being honest, and not trying to be cheesy. I mean, we have Jesus. Like, Jesus lived this out. When you read the Gospels, he literally did this. He went to the Father in prayer. He spent his day with the Father. Everything was about the Father. Everything was leading back to the Father for him, but everything was also leading back to the Father from him to everybody else. I mean, when you look at how he interacted with people, everything he did to questions, to to convictions, to teaching people, to everything was literally every part of the day is to get you back to the Father. And there's nothing else more important than that. So that's why we have small groups too, because I think we don't want to miss this. I think you obviously get to hear a lot of our heart, and that's why I wish Mike could have been here today. So we didn't miss this piece, so I'm going to speak a little bit for him. It's part of a next step for adults is getting in a group. Be in a community of people that you can live this out. You don't just have to have your actual family unit, whatever you call that to be. You get to be a part of the family of SCC. And one of those ways is to get in a group. And we're going to later on share those opportunities with you. And that's one way you can live some of these things out. How can you remind each other every day? How can you live this out? How can you say, man, somebody's discouraged in my group? Well, guess what? We have technology today. Within that moment, if you feel that leading to just text that person and go, hey, I love you, you're loved, or here's a verse, or whatever God puts on your heart. I mean, I, one of the things I love about my wife is she does that for our boys. Like, she, every time she makes a lunchbox, she'll send a little sticky note with them telling them that you're loved, you're loved by me, you're loved by God, here's a thing, and they read it, and it's fun. And I even got one a couple weeks ago, and it made my day. 
Why? Because we need each other as a family to help remind each other that God loves us, especially when it's hard and thick and life stinks. You know, we need each other to do that. And that's the beauty of having a group is to hopefully have some of those people you can trust to go, hey, I love you so much. Do not forget who you are. Do not forget what God has for you. And guess what? We all need together to keep pushing towards loving God more in our life. And so we encourage you later today when Brandon comes back up a little bit later here to share more about groups. Please, please, please pray about it. And inverse yourself and even in more. Is that a word, inverse? I don't know. I just made it up. Go I think. for it. It's a word now. Why not? But uh, in the dictionary, Lee Willis, anyways. And uh, it just means get apart, I guess. I don't know what it means. Now I'm trying to like back. Hey, but anyways, gotta, I'm going better, back. You better define it. <laughs> yeah, I better define it or it's going to be messed up. Uh, anyways, I'm so squirrel moment. Anyways, I'm back. <laughs> so please get in a group. I would say like our kids, um, they get excited about group. They've been frustrated because we've taken a break. So every Monday, they're like, are we going to um, Jonathan's house? Like, mm. that's literally what they ask me. And it's like, no, not yet. Like, I know my, our group is excited. Um, one last thing and we'll share a little bit, and then um, we've got something special that we want the worship team to do for you guys. I wanted to share how simple this can be, too. So um, when my oldest was two, um, we got this book. It was like a Jesus Loves Me book, and it looked very similar to this. Um, they have these books where they literally take um, a song and they turn it into a story. So you can literally go through here and sing the song to them. So at two years old, I had uh, the Jesus Loves Me version. So Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong, right? There are kids that don't know that song. They need to hear you guys sing it. And so we were sitting there singing it and reading this story, and um, this book got used a lot. Like, you know the book that is literally falling off the edges because you've read it four times in a night, and they ask you to do it again, Mommy, please, another book, another, you know. And so it got to a spot where we actually had to take that book off the shelf because it was a danger to everybody. It was just a mess, and there was papers everywhere. And um, and I saved it because it was just so sweet because um, she could actually sing it and when she would do the, the verses. Well, one of our students here at the church got this book for my kids. Um, I get choked up even thinking that a student loved my kids enough to get them a book. Um, I think that that's super sweet that um, we had somebody here do that. But um, she took this book off the shelf for our youngest and was sitting with her and opened it up. And I didn't realize that the artist was the same. And she starts opening it up to our youngest and going, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. This is away in the manger. But and that's been probably a year and a half that we've not had that book on the shelf. She remembered. She just sat there, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And went through the whole thing and did it. I was just floored because she remembered hearing that story. That story was written on her heart. That is what God wants for you as his kids, is as we're going through scripture and we're reading it, that it is written on our hearts. That when we read it, it's, oh, this is what God's telling me to do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give to you today, they are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your kids. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're walking on the road when you lie down and when you get up. 
that is our call. That is what God wants for you and what God wants for me. And again, you know, in an application sense, one of the ways you guys can do that with being an adult is being in a group. How you can do that for your kids is doing worship songs with them, doing the worship packets, getting them involved in middle and high school. There's a lot of opportunities on our website where we want to resource you as parents. And so as the team goes ahead and, and comes up, um, one of the things that we asked of them was to just give a blessing over you as you're taking this and trying to figure out what does this look like for you as a family. And so, um, Lee, would you be willing to kind of close us out as we um, finish up Deuteronomy today? Yeah, I'd love to. God, we thank you for you. God, we thank you that you love us so much you do give us your word but you don't leave us hanging how to live it out God as we talk about this idea of being all in this is what you're really calling us to everything else just flows out of it so God I pray for each of us in this room myself included God that we would be all in and loving you with all we are and let that flow out and I do believe we will live out our mission and vision because we will be disciples ourselves. And then based off that, we will be disciple makers who will bring healing and hope to this community. And God, I know you want this community to see you, know you, love you, serve you. I know with all my heart that you just want to bust floodgates open of people just pouring into relationship with you. So God, help us. Help us be all in on loving you with all we are. Just let everything else flow out of that. In your name, amen.